We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good afternoon, Mavs fans. Welcome to Pod Mavericks. Kirk, your enthusiasm. You are joined by myself and friend of the show, Jason Gallagher, for a live emergency podcast. Now, you're probably thinking to yourself, we have to talk about the Matisse Thibel thing. No, we fucking don't. No, we don't. <laughs> and might, maybe, maybe we will later, but, but not right now. Uh, what we're going to talk about today is ESPN decided to choose violence. And I want to share with you what they decided to to do today on their ESPN um, on their ESPN tab, where they they shared this kind of abomination of a tweet. Who are you taking in their prime? A side by side photo for those of you who are listening on the show or on the podcast. A side by side of Kevin Garnett and Dirk Nowitzki, listing off some accolades. First for Kevin Garnett, one time NBA champion. One-time Most Valuable Player Award, one-time Defensive Player of the Year Award, 15-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA First Team, nine-time All-NBA Defensive First Team. Then Dirk Nowitzki, one-time NBA Champion, one-time Most Valuable Player Award, one-time Finals MVP Award, 14-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA First Team, five-time All-NBA Second Team, and then they left this part off, three-time All-NBA Third Team, Jason, how are you? <laughs> I'm great, man. I'm great. You know, had a great Fourth uh, of July summer day, mm-hmm. and then I woke up and I was like, "It's going to be so chill." And then I saw this, and um, I was like, "What are we doing?" And they chose they chose fireworks, additional fireworks. <laughs> they did. They did. And um, you know, it's been an interesting day reading a lot of different perspectives on the matter, and. Uh, you know, that, that's a nice way of putting it. And the, what I want to do on this podcast is I want to start out with a story, a story that you are familiar with, that I have, uh, you know, I'm going to keep it somewhat vague. But in 2012, 
um, I got to have some lunch with a person who is an NBA GM at, at the time. And I asked him about this hypothetical. Okay. And um, essentially uh, what I said was knowing what we know now, who would you take? And he said, I think every single GM in the league would take Dirk over KG without question. And a lot of the reason is not because KG isn't an amazing defender, an awesome player, like none of that. It's mm. just what Dirk was good at was that valuable. Okay. And that's what it comes down to. And I, I liken it a little bit to Steph, not because I think that they play a similar game, but because what Steph is, is good at is, is like priceless to any organization. Not only is the player extremely sort of selfless in terms of their personality. So in terms of a rock locker room presence, that's an easy thing to build around. But then also offensive brilliance is a lot more valuable than defensive brilliance. It, mm. it, and no, no actual basketball mind that is smart would ever tell you otherwise, unless you want to sound cute on Twitter. That's mm. the only thing. Okay. Mm. Because Here's what Dirk was, and you know this. You could run any sort of scheme, okay? And this is the same thing with Steph a little bit. You could run any scheme. You could run a secondary action. If everything fails, guess what you get to do? You get mm. to feed it to somebody who can reliably score at kind of any place on the, on the floor. So that is just so freaking valuable in the NBA um, that I don't care how good someone is on defense – you take that anytime. And yeah. on top of that, it's much, much, much easier to build pieces around that centerpiece. So I, I cannot believe that we are still talking about this. And, and the reason why that tweet is particularly funny is because they talk about it like we're talking about Chris Paul versus Bob Cousy. No, yeah. these were contemporaries at the same position that played each other a decent amount. And almost every time maybe not even in the in the head-to-head -head record which a lot of people seem to be thinking i'm implying i'm talking about head-to-head -head matchups when they're on the floor with each other nothing kg did ever affected Dirk at ever. all which ever like ever maybe. ever even in losses it never affected Dirk. and so that's why i just like can't get over this sort of like let's just talk a hypothetical it's not a hypothetical we have the evidence we've seen we them in front of our eyes right. and we're still talking about it like it's a debate. You know what Mavs fans don't do? They never mm. say, let's talk Dirk versus Tim Duncan. Because we've Ever. seen it. We've seen it. Better. Like, I don't even know why we're doing this with Dirk and KG. Yes, KG was fun and he was awesome. But, like, he couldn't do anything about Dirk. So, they only played each other once in the playoffs. Yes. The Mavericks blanked the, the Minnesota Timberwolves 3-0 uh, yeah. in a really – it was a fantastic series. Like you go look at the box scores and the averages over three games. It's some of the silliest numbers I've ever seen to this day in a series for both KG and for Dirk. But let me read you a quote from, from uh, NBA champion uh, Blazers head coach, Chauncey Billups, who yeah, was part of that team. Um, he said, I really thought KG was the best four man in the league. And I thought he was I thought he was going to really lock Dirk down. I think he, meaning Dirk, averaged 30 and 15 on us. KG was talking as much stuff as he could. We tried everything. 
it was yeah. just like this dude is different he's just different and where you and i were rapidly approaching our old man yells at the sky portion of our life because as we've spent 15 plus years on social media we're really on twitter close to 20 years on social media we're finding more and more of the youth who and i mean this it's not their fault that you weren't born then but if i can tell by your avatar your twitter pro, your your picture that you were born in the 2000s <laughs> i don't care you weren't there you didn't watch the games yeah. the, the 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 2000s mavericks and they were shadowed they were overshadowed by the 2000 spurs and to a certain yeah. extent the lakers but the 2000 mavericks won 50 games for 12 straight years there were no playoff absences nothing i'm pretty sure kg's minnesota timberwolves missed the playoffs for five straight years now that opens up a whole bunch of other interesting arguments which if you're a wolves fan happening to to listen to this uh if you're here live welcome Bye. Uh, why? Yeah, well, we're, we're not here. Like, I, I actually quite enjoy Kevin Garnett as the player. I think he would be if he had just if he had just stepped back two feet on most of the long jumpers he took. Like he, he was he would have been an incredible player in the pace and space era because basketball is just different yeah. in the early 2000s. Um, yeah. I'm not even sure where to go next because you and I talked about this 15 minutes before we hopped on. Well, which which element of what I kind of brought up is, is interesting. I, 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 I want to go through a couple things. Uh, the other re well, first off, I think the other reason why a lot of people do argue for KG is that I actually, I mean, it's a fascinating discussion, but I actually do think that KG is a, uh, he, he's one of those players that would fit in any era and in, in a way. And I think sure. Dirk is too, but KG, like you can visualize it almost even more like mm -hmm. for some reason in my mind. Um, so well, I think defense, it like as, as, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry to cut you off. What you talk about defensively earlier, you said offense always beats good defense, but that's not, we haven't done enough justice to just how much of a game changing defensive player Kevin Garnett actually was. That's right. what made Dirk destroying him. So fucking insane. Cause right. KG that, held that, everyone down. Right. And so if KG, so if you're a younger person, if you were born in say 1998 mm -hmm. and you look at the two, styles you would say i could see that one guy really really crushing it um but the points for dirk i mean i think just the very concept of prime is really interesting because dirk has a lot of prime like a lot of different types of prime and again so it's like the 2011 run is arguably not his prime which is sort yeah. of insane and that's the part where, that's the part where I'm just sort of like, really, you, you really like, I get, I, it would be like a much more entertaining, fun thing, but like Dirk, I mean, his prolonged, whatever. So the thing that I want to um, come to you with, and you can bring your own is sort of the, since I've, I tweeted what I tweeted that this isn't a hypothetical, we know the answer. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of arguments uh, against Dirk. And so some of these I want to run by you sure. and you feel free to bring to me. So one of them obviously being the defensive aspect. Mm -hmm. I've already laid that out. I just don't, I, I'm sorry. I mean, like go through the, the best defenders of all time and the best offensive players on all time. And you tell me which ones you're going to take. Sure. Like it's, it's not even a question um, in my opinion. 
Second, um, is that the sample size wasn't large enough? What does you, that you mean? Want, Who fucking cares? You want to like, want to I know. It's like, it's that, like, well, oh, so he only won. So, so it's three games. You're going to base it off of three games. And I'm like, what else do we have? I base Would a lot. Of the imagination of nothing? Or do you want to base it off of the three games they played against each other in the playoffs? And sure, the rosters were different, but they played each other. And like you said, if you watch that series, it wasn't a contest. And that's what sports is. This sports is not the Oscars, people. There is results. There is there is head-to-head matchup results. And Dirk beat the shit out of him head-to-head. Head-to-head. There are three like, all-time players. There yeah, are right. three top – I mean, where you put Pau Gasol. But there are three top 50 players who never won a single playoff game against Dirk Nowitzki. Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett, Pau Gasol. Didn't win a single game in the playoffs against Dirk. Small sample size. I don't care. He blanked them. That's the way this goes. Sample size in this sort of thing, it, it, it's it just that's – a, that's an annoying argument to bring up when talk – because, like, not only that, you mentioned it earlier – they did play against each other a ton. 40 regular season games over the course of their career is not nothing. 23 yeah. and 17, six more games is a it's it's, it's a, a lot. It's a decent percentage. And, yes. and what, what you know what else is a decent percentage? 100 percent That's that's Dirk's record against KG in the playoffs. 100. Mm. Mm. So I, I I just I can't and and you know. Another thing, too, is that, like, okay, there are very smart people, like, who would pick Kevin uh, Garnett. Um, sure. You know, someone just tweeted at me, Nikias Duncan's tweet that says Kevin Garnett, and he is somebody that I very much respect. But what's funny here, and what I kind of keep coming back to is, like, look, there's one organization that chose to build around Dirk. Mm. And they kind of did so poorly. Dirk just dragged them up. (laughs) But it paid off. Mm -hmm. And like, so it's sort of like, I don't know, when you ask Mavs fans and you ask Wolves fans, Wolves fans kind of argue this like strange hypothetical, like, well, but it's like Mavs fans are like, all right, have the debate. We, We did it. We picked our guy. It worked out for a long time. I, I like literally don't know how this is even a debate. I actually don't. I like it baffles my brain. It actually I, like, it just does. It just does. Because, again, it's like, yeah, I guess if you want uh, somebody responded to the tweet that was like, if you want to have a debate in the spreadsheets, I'll take KG all day. But like what happened happened. Yeah. What happened before our eyes actually occurred. Sure. And I cannot I feel like I'm arguing with like Alex Jones at times where I'm just like are you for real? Like you're building a case that, that isn't real and we have evidence. And like, I just kind of can't, I get, my brain really can't uh, wrap my mind around it. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sure. Well, while everyone else in there in, in the comments is also trying to wrap their mind around this ridiculous comment, I want you guys to take just a second and go ahead and like that stream down at the bottom of the YouTube page. It is very helpful for me and Can Josh and Pod Maverick. Hmm? While you're doing that, while you're subscribing, once you subscribe to the old man and the three as well. You have enough subscribers. Want... I check your page. Well, well, the show. We're, on a quest. we're on a quest. We just crossed 900,000 subscribers. We're on a quest to a million. And uh, it's it's a lifelong. I have one thousand three hundred subscribers. So thank you very very much for for your um <laughs> for your comparison point. Um, the the other thing that I I've sort of, that's really sort of chat my ass is is like the teammate discussion, and I love a lot of the two thousand Mavericks teams. I really really do. The early two thousand Mavericks teams were special okay but as you go through the 2000s particularly the post steve nash era the mavericks were not hot to trot there you know i'm pretty sure dirk played with one other all-star and josh um my man josh howard and i want to say it was 2007 and he was an injury replacement it's not like dirk played on a cadre of super teams yeah, it, it, he was the the floor raiser for so many guys. He he helped make Jason Terry's career. Um, you know, Michael Finley is probably you know a little bit underrated as a Dirk Nowitzki teammate. Yeah, you know, just because the by the time they at the end of that run in like 2003, Finley Finley played like six straight seasons of 40 40 plus minutes and 80 plus games. Like it was bananas. But you look at all the centers the Mavericks had, like it's just like a running joke, some of the teams that, that he was paired with. So I get that the Wolves had some really troublesome rosters too. I mean, I've, I've taken a look at a lot of them. They are pretty bad, but yeah, like, like you know, it's just like it's not KG or Dirk's fault. It's, it's just sort of the way these things go. And, you know, it, yeah. they had opportunities to improve their team. They just, kind of didn't and i think with based on the offensive part of what you're talking about the way kg played on offense it like they had to be a defensive minded team and there's just there's a little bit of a ceiling on that unless you have other really great players and you know wally zerbiak was fine um the the, troy hudson was an incredible guard for like a season for them i mean i just like i just getting into that level of competition and then the weeds it's just it's like it goes goes back to the Spurs conversation you mentioned earlier. Like we just don't really talk about it because as much as I love Dirk, I recognize like Duncan's better. The end. Obviously, and it's like yeah, and then you would also say that Duncan had better teammates, but mm. it, like, but we watched the games and Duncan was better. Like end of story. The end. I'm not going to play revisionist history there. Like n- nobody would or nobody should. But um, yeah, I don't know. I look at the, even the 2006 final. Like a lot of the examples that people have hit me with are sort of like. 
wow, Dirk choked here and here and here. And they're all citing sources that are like fine. Which is games. true, but you know what was cool? Yeah, he was there. yeah that's what was going on at the same time. Our boy was, our other guy was sitting at home. And it's sort yeah. of like, it's like, yeah, that finals. I mean, that finals team started Adrian Griffin. And like, like it was a weird, t- it was, it wasn't like, it wasn't like the 2016's like Warriors, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know, man. I, I get a, yeah. I, the, you don't get of- heated anymore. That's what makes this funny. With what you do for a living now, you're kind of in the weeds and you know a lot. And because of that, it takes the like the sheen, the fan shine, the intensity out of it because they're people. They're not mythological figures. But this yeah. still pisses you off. And I think it's great. As it, sh- I think I, I just because we we know the answer. And I think that that's what pisses me off is that like we've just seen it. We know it. Um, look, one thing that um, one thing that J.J. Reddick, who I work with, likes to talk about a lot is uh, there's only like one of the more rare things in the NBA um, is is having uh, a player who is the best, an, the undisputed best team on a championship winning team. Mm-hmm. Like, and when you go through NBA history, you realize just how rare a player that is. Like, really, right. really rare. Um, in the last ten seasons, there's like six. There's six. It's it's. It's LeBron, it's Steph, it's Jokic now, it's Giannis, it's Kawhi, and it's KD. And, you know, some Warriors fans will still say Steph over KD. But either way, for the sake of safety, let's say six in the last 10 years. You push that back 11, 12 years, Dirk enters that conversation. You push that back even further, it's Kobe, um, it's, uh, it's, it's Duncan. And then, and then you get to that Boston year, and it's like, that's a debate. I'm sorry. It's it's a debate. Oh, they're a great team. I I get why you would say KG was the best player on that team, but he didn't win Finals MVP. And it's not like the Iguodala Curry thing. Like Paul Pierce, legitimately was the best player on that team. That that was an incredible series. Finals MVP away from Paul Pierce. Nobody. So, so what I'm saying is that like just that in itself. And I'm not okay. Let's take the Finals win out of it now. It's like Dirk was the undisputed best player on a team that won 50 plus games for 12 seasons in a row. He was the undisputed best player on teams that made multiple Western conference finals, multiple NBA finals. That kind of player is unbelievably rare. It's not even a question. And as much as we like to overhype and overvalue defense, if you're building a team and you have to put your money where your mouth is, you're taking Dirk. It's wild. And what part of why we do this, and I think we're going to have to keep doing elements of this, is the sheer, like you go to Dirk's, and really KG's too, but Dirk's is is a little bit longer and a little bit wilder because KG just had a a slightly earlier fall off because injuries really took a toll on his body. The thing about being a fan of a guy like Dirk Nowitzki is having to defend the fact that people don't understand the 15 of his 20, 21 years were just a relentless march of similar stats, similar, you know, outcomes. And that almost gets taken for granted because he was just night in night out. So amazing in a way that doesn't, 
get really reflected in how we package highlights now. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, you have your, your what is just some of the big IG accounts out there. Early Dirk would have been a, a flamethrower on that sort sure. of stuff. People don't particularly, you know, we were in high school and then early in college when Dirk, because Dirk's only like six years older than me. Um, right he was a monstrous athlete in a way that's not properly respected because you think of him as a jump shooter, but you know, you, you'd like type in Dirk on the Twitter, um, Dirk Nowitzki on like the Twitter search bar. There's like this dunk that he goes from the right wing where he goes past someone and just yams it down. He was a, like, it's not like he was a vertical athlete, but he had such uh, great quick twitch muscles. He was so much faster than everybody else. Uh, Charles Barkley tells stories about how Dirk just like ripped the, the like Team USA like a new one at, at a certain point. And, and not it, to interject, but it's stuff like that where it's like I, I mean, as you said, like you spend enough time around people around the league that it's like when enough of them are like, dude, no, it's Dirk. like what are we like? It's Dirk. It's yeah. like we have we seen it. We know yeah. Charles Barkley, one of them. He's like it's Dirk. Yep. It's, right, and it's, it's, well, and, and so it's like, we kind of have to fight for the legacy because KG has a little more street cred. He was crazy. There are some great videos of him being crazy. You know, he liked to fight and pick on much smaller players than him. That was the thing that he did. He screamed at everybody and acted kind of like a lunatic. I think in, in, you know, it, it I think in, in today's NBA, some of the things that he did would, would really get laughed at in a way, like the same way we make fun of Dylan Brooks, like a lot of all bark, no bite bullshit. Um, but it's just there's a little more hardness to KG's game, and, and he was more physical of a player. And it's just, you know, explaining to, to people that Dirk scored 22 points a game in an area that's largely considered – like inefficient and players shouldn't shoot from there. Like there's this ESPN chart where it's like, these are the different zones on the floor that players own. And yeah. Dirk owns the mid range. He owns like six of the 24 sections. Whereas no one else like Steph Curry owns like two, like there's some really incredible stuff going on there. And I, I think just as we age and as we age with Mavs fans and more, it's like, you just got to kind of talk about these certain kinds of players because Dirk is going to get lost to history there's already what the uh, Fox Sports uh, Chris Broussard, all like like within the last month and a half, said that he thinks Dirk is overrated. Somebody somebody like, tweeted that at us as if mm -hmm. like can you imagine like, using Chris Broussard as your like yeah as like your the, like mate like I look, just can't yeah not you know I'm sure Chris Broussard might be a nice person maybe he's not I don't know but he can't spell Memphis and that's the thing that I will remember about him. Um, I, just, I I I can't um. I just keep kind of coming back to that um that sort of like we we know what we know what's valuable in the NBA and we know uh where we know we know why Dirk is is as valuable as he is it, and and it's literally because uh when when your when your actions get broken the 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 bailout move is also your best move. Yeah. Like and you and and that's like I'm sorry to get like that's like true nerd shit is to say like is is to say that like you know you could run whatever you want for any other player but at the end of the day you dump it to Dirk and it really take them or it took him what like five six seconds like max to kind of get to what he wanted to do and like yep. 
it was fast and it was efficient. And like you said, you really have to, it, it, I get passionate for the exact reason you're talking about. It's because you have to, um, you have to fight for, you have to fight for Dirk's uh, accomplishments. You know yeah, what I mean? Because there's just uh, like the, one of the things that, and you know, you guys did like a podcast with Victor Wemanyama very recently. And it's just a steady reminder that there is a constant influx of some of the most amazing athletes to grace the planet. And People get bumped up and down lists. That's fine. But you should still talk about players because, frankly, that's what, like, we watch this. Like, legacy is interesting to me. It's it's fun. And, you know, the Mavericks have been blessed with, you know, multiple very important players over the course of their history. And Dirk is just, you know, the, the Mavericks do a great job of, of honoring Dirk's legacy, almost to the point of where it feels like uh, the old meme where it's like if something's going wrong with the Mavericks, they trot out Dirk when he's the flex tape that they slap on the bucket. But – yeah. Uh, it, there's a reason for that. He's that important. So it's it's sort of where we are. Um, 25 minutes so far. I am having a great time, but I also think you should get back to your day. Is there? Do we have other things we want to kind of cover while I've got you on the show for the first time since I've gone to video? Um, I'm just so fired up about this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's gonna power you through the day. I I just can't. I can't. I can't because um. Because it's it's um, it's just one of those things that I, I um, when you philosophically sort of talk about what it means to build a, a franchise around a player, and and you talk about what it means to even be in your prime and what that what that means, I I just like I feel like Dirk wins all of the little check marks that are kind of just like okay in physical prime prime peak player prime i'm still taking dirk i'm still yeah. taking dirk in a seven game series because we know what he's going to give uh kg might be off offensively one day like it's just valuable to have a player who can run to the rim and then also make 90 percent of their free throws that's Boom. right um so and then when I'm talking about prolonged greatness, I'm taking Dirk again because he uh, played and evolved his game in such a way that made him uh, made him unbelievable. Like yeah, made maybe. him and made the, the, his most memorable moments, moments as an NBA player were arguably not his prime, and that is uh, a fascinating. I mean, nope. There's like three or four nearly as athletic as he was. And I think that's why when people look at it, like you said, when people look at his career and they say, well, I mean, what, I mean, you know, like he would get cooked by Anthony Davis today or whatever it might be. It's sort of like, oh, well, no, that was how he evolved his game. He became a precise, intelligent, sharpshooting player. And, but, but 2005, 2006, Dirk, I mean, forget about it. That guy, he was absurd and athletic and fast. And so th that's to me where it kind of goes like, this is still, I, I can't, I really can't get over how silly this conversation is. Um, I, I just can't. And, and, and when KG eventually won, it was like with a, a, a team, a super team, yeah, like cool. a legit super team. And, and you're kind of just like, so that that's really what you're throwing at us is that is that KG won with with a super team. It was, it was an incredible was, title. It was, it was a incredible it, title, but was it the, like 
was it's it KG's title? Yeah, it's so strange. It's so yeah, strange. And, that, and that's kind of a like that's I even think Celtics fans can say no to that. Like it's a the 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 most interesting titles to kind of casual yet consistent NBA fans, I think over the last 25 years, would be the Dallas Mavericks and the LeBron James 2016 Cavaliers. Because it was kind of honestly stories of individual triumph to a certain degree. Triumph over demons, really excellent stories. Um, and and the Dirk thing. For anybody that wasn't there in 2011, I mean, the Mavericks were just such terrible underdogs the whole time. And there was reason because from 2006 to 2010, they failed in truly horrifying fashion year after year. You have 2006, which we all know what happened, but just to recap, they go go up 0-2 or 2-0. Uh, the, the Dallas Morning News basically leaks that they have a championship parade route. The Heat storm back and win four straight. Truly That's embarrassing. Awesome. You know, refs, yeah. what it's, it, you know, call refs, call it what you want. Losing four straight is a special kind of loss. Come back in 2007, you go uh, 67 and 15 in the regular season, only to lose in the first round to a Warriors team, which maybe you shouldn't have played if you didn't tank the last game of the regular season. At least I'm pretty sure how that went. Yeah, um, totally. I can't remember. So there was also, it was either 2008 or 2009. I think it was 2009 when they played the Nuggets. And the story about that Dirk's then fiance, who was essentially a professional scammer, that story broke during the playoffs while they were playing the Nuggets. And Dirk was putting up truly insane numbers only to have to get questioned by Charles Barkley about his personal life. I will never understand why Dirk is friendly with Charles. Charles says like, yeah, like Charles like says some of the, has said some of the nastiest shit about Dirk on television, like called him, you know, mentally weak and all sorts of stuff. Why it's just, it's, it's truly nuts only to come back at age 32 and go win the title over what was considered to be one of, and they really were, the Heat were a terrifying team. I, yeah. I still contend if LeBron James had played the way Eric Spolester wanted them to, the Heat would have won that series. Only LeBron's a butthead and a bad GM. Um, there's just a lot to Dirk. And unfortunately, I think what a lot of fans remember because of like the, the advent of HD television, most of the highlights you get of Dirk nowadays, with the exception of my man, Panda Hank 41, who is doing the Lord's work, basically combining all this stuff because the Mavericks don't do a great job of it. There's a lot of like old shuffle Dirk. You know, it's like a lot of, it's yeah. not, it's just not the same guy. And so that's, that's really where we were. So. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. And, and I, I sort of, um, you know, I, I, I like, I, I want to, I just, I just, I, I want to end this part okay. of this discussion um, with just saying that I really don't get worked up about a lot. No, I really, I try to work really, you up to get you to come on. This, this one is legitimately so stupid and I'm going to say it. I'm, I'm not even dancing the line of like, what's oh, a fun argument. It's not even fun. It's not even interesting. It is. If I want to win basketball games, if I want to build a team and then win basketball games, Dirk is the player I would pick over KG a billion times out of a billion. And I think if you were getting paid and your career was on the line, and you were a general manager and you were faced with that exact same thing, a billion out of a billion times you would pick Dirk. Sure. The end, the end, but 
Enjoy your Twitter arguments. Enjoy your likes. Enjoy all the weirdness. It's just, it's not even, it's not even a question. And, and, you know, I do want to clarify one thing too. Um, sorry, I have to do this. Uh, you know, a lot of folks are like, uh, they point out the record and they say, how could you say this? Um, how could you say it was nearly every time or whatever? And a lot of that had to do with the fact that that, that those responses are the, I can tell if you've watched the games or not mm-hmm. kind of responses, because yes, um, record team record wise, um, Dirk still had, again, a large percentage more wins than KG against him, but it was really that head to head. If you were sure. watching and you were paying attention, it wasn't, it wasn't it like Dirk was better. Dirk was better, especially in games uh, that were head to head. And it was nearly every time. So that's, oh. that's what I would say. That's how I can tell if you watched or not. Is there anything uh, current or are we covering any current events? We certainly can. I mean, I, you know, I, I irritated my podcast audience um, on Monday night when I sort of, I sort of have adopted what's become like the national line that the Mavericks, you know, they, they kicked off free agency going and getting Kyrie Um no need to relitigate that, but but I just yeah. I sort of felt like they, you know, I, I I know why they had to keep him, but there's just elements of it that I, I don't fully agree with. But that's certainly not a hill I'm willing to like die on based on some of the Twitter guff I've gotten. Uh, you know, they got Seth Curry, which is interesting and hilarious. Um, I, I, Josh Bow and I kind of think they have to have something else cooking past that. They have signed Dante Exum, which I think that moves in a lot of Mavs fans over the edge. But just based on the the way free agency has gone today, because there's a couple of restricted guys that are on the market, the day two signings weren't very interesting for day two signings, but that's also because there's not really anybody on the market worth yeah. like really breaking the bank for. There's a lot of Mavs fans that are hoping for P.J. Washington. Don't really see how that's possible, though I would love it. The Mavericks have placed a um, – they, they are signing – uh, Matisse Thibel to an offer sheet that's that's intending to happen whenever that happens I'm not sure but it starts the countdown clock where it's like they have x number of days I have two uh, people that I talk with that have feel strongly that Portland is going to to try to retain Thibel I think what the Mavericks are doing is attempting to capitalize on the chaos that is currently going on in Portland which is smart the problem is Matisse Thibel stinks so, um, did you know how many it, rebounds a game he averages? In, well, did you think he stunk in uh, Philly? No, but he's also funneling players to a to an MVP candidate. Like here, he's going to be funneling someone to Dwight Powell. Like he's a gambler. He's six five. He, you know, he he's not this six foot nine lengthy arm guy. Like he does have some some. He actually does have pretty good wingspan. But it's just like his calling card is benefited by a, a solid team structure of which the Mavericks do not have. Does that make sense? So it's less I, I, him. Yeah, I, it's the I, expectations surrounding him. Like he'd have to come in and be a defensive stopper. And I'm not sure he's that guy. Actually, I'm pretty sure he's not that guy. I get, I get that. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you my general take, which is um, optimistic. You're always um, optimistic. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I don't know if you followed me. I did sure. like the draft. We've been very happy with the draft. I think as a fan base. I, I, I have, I have, um, you know, I was, I was pretty negative last year and in sort of like, in, in a big picture hindsight, 
I think in some ways it was warranted for fans to be negative. Um, I think it was like, it's one of those things where it's when you, it's very easy to, to um, judge a, a strategy after the fact. Now, granted, we, we, we felt pretty strongly during it that it wasn't going to work, but you know, I keep thinking back and I'm kind of like, I, um, I, I, it wasn't a hundred percent, um, uh, foolproof, you know, like the Mavs have to, you know, resign Jalen, whatever, whatever. Like there were some people that, that were not in on it. And so it's sort of like they picked a strategy. They went with the strategy. What I'm happy about is that they did follow through that the, um, things that they sacrificed, which the assets that's a sacrifice for Kyrie that at least we'll get a chance to see if it works out, which is like really, uh, um, what I want, like, honestly, it's like, all right, you know, we really blew some things up. Let's, let's see how it plays out. So I'm choosing to be optimistic. I'm choosing to sort of forget the past right now. Um, because I, I don't, I don't think that that's, I don't think it's healthy to sit there and think of things that happened two summers ago. So no. I'm, glad they got, I'm glad, I'm glad they re-signed Kyrie because again, the players that we gave up for him, it was a bummer. And at least we get to see if it works out. At least it wasn't for nothing. And so I'm glad they did that. I like the draft picks. Yeah. Um, free agency, I'm completely with you. It feels like there's more brewing. There's, it, there uh, has to be. Otherwise, it's like... But, it... but, but where, are, where we're starting from, from last season to this, I already feel like we're in a much better place. Oh, sure. Like, literally, we're all it took, McGee. We were literally all it takes is like... A, uh, all it took was like a, a training camp. And I feel like even then some of the the Luca Kyrie offensive stuff will figure it's hopefully work itself out. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty optimistic. Um, yeah, that's it. See, I, the, I am. The, the Luca Kyrie stuff is already overblown and overwrought because they play awesome together. The question is how do you build around them? And the things that I am a little bit frustrated to date are, I don't think they've done anything to really satisfy some of the shortcomings that occur both like defensively and rebound wise. And they have to figure that element out. Now, if they don't, if they don't get Thibel, let's just say Portland matches, let's say Dallas doesn't get another wing. What I am sort of talking myself into is truly weird, bizarre Don Nelson in 2000 style lineups. Put Luca at the four. Let Kyrie run the show. Let Kyrie run. Take advantage of the thing that Kyrie is good at which is open floor chaos and scoring. I mean, he averaged 24, five, I'm sorry, 27, five and six with Dallas Kyrie Irving did. And that was kind of not getting, there was no real flow with what Dallas did because they're like, Luca was injured. So it's like, if you're looking for like an optimistic side of things, let's just get weird. I think on a given basis, like on, on a night to night basis, the Dallas Mavericks are still a really scary NBA team. To play night in, night out. Now, playoffs, kind of a different deal. But as I said to one group chat I'm in, you got to make the playoffs for this to be a discussion. And so I think part of what Dallas did last year, and they didn't realize it until it was about seven, until it was about 10 games left, I don't think they understood that they were in danger of falling out of the playoffs. Like they just kept assuming the ship would sort of ride itself. And then all of a sudden they're at 11, and it's like, oh no. So now this upcoming season, we're going to get a lot more Luca because Luca's going to want to win NBA awards because I believe he is driven by success. You know, not, I don't want to say accolades, but like these, all these NBA players want to be recognized. It's just a fact. So if you get more games out of Luca, 
you hope for a healthy Kyrie. Uh, he played through that really like, I don't know if you've ever had it, but plantar fasciitis is incredibly painful. And he yeah. played through it for the last, you know, 10, 12 games a year. There's just enough to say, all right, these guys could come out of the gate early and shock the shit out of somebody. That's that's kind of where I'm at. I, I they're the talent. The you just cannot ignore raw talent at the top of a basketball roster. They have two NBA All Stars, two starting NBA All Stars, a, a first team All NBA player in Luca, a former second team All NBA player in Kyrie. There's just that's kind of where I'm settling at. Now I look forward to seeing how the other pieces fit, um, but. And I wish, I hope they do more. I'm not a Thibel guy, like I said, but okay. Like if they do it, I'm not going to. I think that there's, the one thing I'll say to you as a friend, I think that there is upside to Thibel. And I don't think, I don't think Portland was a great sitch. He was pretty good there though. He shot nearly 40% from three. I still still think that like, um, you know, Luca has a LeBron quality to him that makes players better. Sure. And Thibel, I think is like, I, I think he's like a high character dude. Like I, 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 I kind of, I like it. I, I'm into it. I'll just say that I'm in. I'm in. Okay. Um, I hope it works. I mean, but like it could go either way. It really could. But I see why they do it. Given the options available, it's kind of sure. like, eh. um. So, I'm into it. Um. But yeah, no, I think you said it great. Uh, like I said, optimism. I'm forgetting the past. I'm a goldfish. Have season. you guys gotten to talk to any either of the Mavericks rookies? I can't remember. I don't always keep up with your show. Don't hate me. No, no, no. We have do we a lot of content. We've only spoken to one rookie. It's this guy out of San Antonio. Um, we know him. Pretty good guy. Great interview. Great <laughs> interview. He 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 kind of sounded like a self help guru at times, which tickled. Oh, it was me. pretty amazing. It was like, but honestly, like, um, yeah. I mean, I I was really impressed by him and his. Uh, his Star Wars takes were really interesting, but um, that was that was a youth divide. That was <laughs> I have never heard that before, guys. You got to go listen to this. Like the old man and the three, JJ Redick. I think uh, he's not everybody's cup of tea on these on these ESPN shows because JJ likes yeah. to have conversations, and they are built for people to talk at each other, not with each other. And that's what makes Old Man and the Three such a fantastic podcast. After all, it was JJ who drew more out of Luka Doncic than anyone in human history when you guys had him on two years ago. God, that was funny. Um, are, are there is there any teasers you you would like to 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 push our way to to get you up over a million? No, just that's a regular. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. I I, w- I would say <laughs> no. We're gonna have a fun summer. I would say we're we're planning a lot of like really fun, different, weird things mm-hmm. uh, because. You know, they they let me kind of have fun in the summers, um, mm. and then uh, and then we have we do have some some sort of some pretty high profile different types of guests. So that that's what I'll say. My my I'm, pitch, uh, I have yeah. a pitch for JJ. It's uh, he and I graduated in the same high school class, two thousand two. Um, I would like for him to round up the various NBA players from two thousand two and and just talk about the difference in culture and basketball culture from twenty years ago because yeah. Like, like the stuff that JJ grew up in and granted he kind of like helped usher in like modern college basketball, like fan hate because he was just such a, like a, everybody hit, but 
basketball is just so different now. And he played like some of the guys that were out there in 2000, you know, you got your Chris Bosch, Amari Stoudemire, like there's some, or I'm sorry, 2002. There's some really crazy guys from their draft class that I've, cause I mean, I've always just followed those guys cause I've sort of followed them. I was like a sophomore in high school. Um, but yeah, guys go subscribe to the old man and well, the three on YouTube. The one thing I'll say with regards to that. Yes. Subscribe, please. Um, the one thing that I'll say with regards to that is that we, we, with that in mind, when it comes to like someone like Wimbanyama, Mm-hmm. Uh, we like to judge internally. We like to judge young players by the amount of people they bring to the podcast reporting or recording oh. a little bit. We, I, I feel like it's a, like a good little, like it, it gives you a little glimpse into, you know, what's going on a little sure. bit. And Victor had one dude with him. And, and oh no, uh, okay, no entourage. I love this. And and, and he was very confident. Um, and, and I think that that is, uh, it, that's a great sign. I, I like, I, I always think that's a great sign. Uh, my favorite interviews, my favorite players are the ones that show up with like, no, like Steph had nobody with him. Dame literally was like in his practice uniform and just like showed up, nobody with him. I love stuff like that. Um, sure. so, I, I don't know why, Chris but that's Paul like, even turned you. that was my favorite one where you can oh, tell. It's, like, you so, it's a... so, it's such a fun <laughs> Such a bummer. He's like my favorite now. And it's like he he uh yeah. And it, it, anyways, so um yeah. So hey, I just want to end this whole thing with like with regards to the Dirk KG debate. Like, look, I'm I'm just a, a neutral observer, you know, I'm not biased at all. I'm not <laughs> You know, it's just... podcast listeners, he's showing some fantastic photos of 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 well, two photos and one uh, framed framed Sports Illustrated thing. That's outstanding. Uh, anyways, man, this is the best. Jason, you're always the best. When you come on. I can't thank you enough for giving me some of your Wednesday afternoon. Uh, everybody that hasn't subscribed to the show, please go ahead and do so. We will end continuing to inch our way up, and one day we will pass Old Man in the Three. <laughs> no no uh everybody be good i will probably host the, i've been thinking about this i'm home by myself this week because my wife's out of town with our son i will host the live show maybe tomorrow night where uh we can get on and you know you guys uh in the comments that love to talk with me and or yell at me uh feel free to join i'll, I'll be posting that up and we'll hang out for maybe a half hour tomorrow night um jason it's been so great having you thanks so much for uh for coming on the show thanks for having me All right, everybody have a good day. Go Mavs!